This is the Catarts Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 7, Ideas to Help with Modern Life, Episode 2, Vanity Metrics and Meaningful Numbers. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catarts Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Episode 1 where we were looking at the three homes that we all kind of want and need in our life. So if you've not listened to episode one, make sure to go back and check it out. Before we start today's episode, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. And all throughout the season, very kindly, they've created a competition for us where if you want to, you could win a free holiday, which is amazing, or a free year subscription to the Masterclass Sessions, and you can choose whichever one you want. So I'm going to do that every uh, four episodes. So there's three three chances to win a free holiday or win a a full year subscription to Masterclass Session. So if you click on the link in the show notes, all you have to do is book yourself on the next Masterclass Session, attend and enjoy it and just say, oh, um, I got got the invitation from Michael. So if you want that to be you, make sure you check it out. I love the Masterclass Sessions. I'm proud to have delivered two and I think they're absolutely fantastic. If you love to learn from some of the people at the best in the world, make sure to check it out. And also, while you're there in the show notes, I'm going to mention this all throughout this season, I've got my first ever audio-based learning program called The Five Types of Motivation. It's all about my process for how you can motivate yourself in your life. It's completely audio-based, so if you like these podcasts, similar thing, you can take it with you and just learn on the go. So click on the link in the show notes if you'd like to buy yourself a copy. This is a very interesting topic that when I've spoken to a lot of people in marketing and a lot of business owners and a lot of people in management positions, as well as parents, these this awareness of this issue is coming up. And I remember, remember when I wrote about what I called digital health in my first book about seven, eight years ago, and I was trying to make a point for this, saying there's all these numbers and all these things on screens now. What do they mean? Do they have any meaning to us in our life? So I want to try and help you with that. So let's start with some definitions. A vanity metric, right? So vanity in English basically means if it's obsession with yourself to be vain is not considered a particularly good thing it comes from I think it comes from like a vanity was like a somewhere you put your mirror on a table a few years a few hundred years ago so vanity is when it's all obsessed with you and a metric is a form of measurement so it could be in meters or kilometers or miles could be pounds could be in dollars could be any number that you assign any form of measurement that's to do with you. So a vanity metric are the numbers that are all about you. Now, not not all of these are bad. It could be your height, your weight, your blood pressure. It could be how many siblings you've got, whether you've got um, a partner, where you live, what your address is. They are all metrics. They are numbers uh, that are related to you. So a vanity metric is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing, which we'll get into. A meaningful number is what I'm going to try and make a case for to help you today something to balance that out it's a number that has meaning to you if you had to explain that number to somebody you say oh this is important to me for these reasons and what I want to try and help you with today is to help make a shift from these vanity metrics these numbers that might not actually be that important to you or meaningful in any way to a meaningful number or understanding how these numbers are important to you in your life and equally if they're not how to not be too bothered by them So I'm going to be making reference to applying this in several different ways in business, in relation to health, uh, and in relation to relationships. I might even touch on finance as well, because no matter who you are listening to this or around the world, hopefully, (laughs) they're relevant to you. So think about your business. 
Think about your work. Is more better? Meaning more money or working more hours? Think about the money that you've got. Is more better? If I give you more money? If you can make yourself more money, is that better? Think about your health. Is living longer better? We tend to equate more with better. More money, better health, I don't know, um, more opportunities. And generally speaking, yeah, absolutely. But to a point. And it was Henry David Thoreau that said it about 100 years ago that your average person 100 years ago was getting bombarded with about 10,000 pieces of information every day from what he calls different sources of the newspaper and gossip and people he talked to at work. Now, that was 100 years ago, and that was before the internet. Can you imagine the billions of pieces of information from our natural world and from our digital environment that you are being subjected to and interacting with every single day? I have no idea how many pieces of information it is, but it'll be a lot. There'll be things in work, things to do with health, things to do with your family, people trying to sell you things, adverts, marketing, flashing notifications, all of these numbers. Hey, you've got a text. Hey, you've got a message, right? All of that is a massive part of modern life. How do we deal with it? And this is the problem that I think I've found for me and for a lot of people. This is a problem we have. Are we equating our value as human beings based on our numbers? Meaning, if we have high numbers, we're good. If we have low numbers, we're bad. Yeah? But if we're not basing our value and and what's important to us on our numbers, then where can we go from there? And I'm going to try and help you with that. So let's just go into the problem a little bit. Here's a very common example. When I talk to a lot of parents, they talk to me about social media. And they talk about children and, you know, they're always on the phone and they're always on social media. Well, absolutely. If I was 10 years old and had a supercomputer back when I was 10, I'd want to be on it all the time. I play computer games as it was, you know, uh, before social media. But they are concerned and I can understand it, especially if you look at something like Instagram and words like followers and having numbers of followers. So imagine you're a 13 year old girl and you've got 500 followers and your friend's got 2,200 does that make her better than you? Does that make her more popular than you? Is she doing something right? You're doing something wrong? Do you actually talk to any of those followers? Do you interact with them? Do you know who they are? And this is something that parents talk to me about because a lot of the people that I teach and train are parents. And they say this is a concern for them and they have children where they're thinking about these things. And if we're being honest, if we were children at that time, we'd probably be exactly the same. So it's a human thing. It's not a children thing. And it can be exactly the same for adults. So I'll give you an example. I used to compare myself to this guy in my gym all the time. And I knew I was it was stupid, but no matter how much I lifted, he was lifting more. No matter what my body looked like, he looked better. Right now, I was... But I don't know why, just because he was in my gym, maybe, because I saw him often, comparing my numbers to his numbers. So what that was doing was it was just destroying my confidence, and it was just creating this competition that didn't exist because he wasn't in competition with me he didn't even know he still won't know the impact that it wasn't the impact he was having on me it was i was having on myself so that's a very common one a very very common one my body is this but that person's body is like that you know i weigh this but they weigh this i look like this but they look like that i can do this but mm, they can do this same in relationships oh happy and single but that person's married with four children they look so happy wish I had that. So these these metrics, these vanity metrics, these numbers around ourselves, some of them are, like I said, okay, but once you're getting into these thousands and millions, these pieces of data that you're looking at on the screen, what do, what do they actually mean to you? 
you know? If you are someone who has a lot of money or you're a financial planner work with people that have a lot of money, they get get into this point, you know, like that's why they're so obsessed with not paying as much tax as possible and looking at interest and looking at providing for their children for future generations and all these sorts of things because they've got to find a way to make these numbers meaningful. They've got certain percentages and all these numbers on these screens and these different accounts and different things and they're not specialists. I'm not specialists. That's why we need tax people. That's why we need accountants. That's why we need financial planners. So the problem is that we can equate our value based on numbers. If the numbers are great, great. If I'm trying to lose weight and the numbers show that, great. If my weight goes back up and I'm trying to lose weight, I'm a failure, you know? Those kinds of things. And it can also affect our businesses where we can get so obsessed with the wrong kind of numbers and lose sight of the right kind of numbers. So for example, with most businesses, the right kind of numbers are, is it profitable? You know, are our shareholders, if you're a public company, happy? Are our customers happy, more important? Are we making profit? Because if you've been in a business that's not making profit, you know how hard it is. If you're making profit, you know how much, how good that feels. Is that more important than how many followers have you got? Or how your last marketing campaign went? It's not as easy as that, is it? They're linked. But I'll give you an example. I think about my YouTube channel. Because social media is different. Every channel is different. My favorite one to be on is LinkedIn. I'm on different ones for Cataholos. But my favorite one is on LinkedIn. And I remember with my YouTube channel, I've got, I think at the time, making this about 123 scribe, subscribers. It's really hard to get subscribers on YouTube unless you dedicate yourself to YouTube and say, that is my thing, I'm a YouTuber. And I'm not, it's part of what I do. I make content, I like people to watch it. And I remember about five, six years ago, being really upset by that, thinking, am I not putting out good stuff? Why, why am I not getting more followers? And I didn't realize, I didn't have a way of making that number meaningful and saying 123 subscribers on YouTube, Mike, don't worry about it. If you had 123 extra clients, now that's a number that might be a bit more meaningful for you. You see what I'm doing with this? Or if your profit grew by 123%, that number might be a bit more important. So how do we actually figure out which numbers are important and which ones are not? Because one of the basic rules of economics is if you want to assign value to something, you give it a number. And we do this all the time. First place is better than second place. Negative equity is, is worse than positive equity, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying that numbers are bad at all. Mon numbers are a wonderful part of life and part of human evolution for us to understand how to equate value. But if they're starting to make you feel bad about yourself, like they have with me in the past, and can still do sometimes, I'm being honest, how do we handle that? We're going to focus on creating a context for these numbers. What does that mean? What do these numbers signify? What's beyond these numbers? Where do they live? Are they adding up to something? Do they have any meaning? Or are they just a number? How do you actually do that? I'm going to give you three ways, and they're all using questions. Three different ways to use questions. Questions are excellent for self-reflection. Self-reflection is taking time on the journey to stop, go, hang on, put your backpack down, look where you've come from, look where you're going, maybe just pay attention to where you are and go, what's going on here? <laughs> it's something I learned from my mum. Self-reflection. It's not being self-obsessed, not looking at your reflection. It's about taking the time to think, how's this going? Where, is it? Where have I come from? Where am I going? So let's go into the first one. The first way to try and create meaningful numbers and say, does, what does this number mean to me? Is to use the open-ended starters. Who, what, why, how, when. You could also add if, if you wanted to. <laughs> so let's pick a an example. Instagram. 
Again, not my best forte, not my favorite social media, but I try my best with it. Right, so I'm looking at my followers. Well, who are they? These thousand or so people. I know some of them. Do I know most of them? No, I don't actually. Uh, what am I trying to do on there? Well, for Instagram, for me, I'm trying to just provide value and inspire people. Um, and it's also really cool because what I'm trying to do is I'm just also creating like, you can see my story of how my business has evolved and it's quite cool. Why am I doing that? Because I love people, I'm trying to help a billion people, right? Why am, why am I doing that? Because I love them, simple. <laughs> how do I do it? Well, I post every week, regularly. I put out videos and pictures and comment people's stories. How do I do that? Quite straightforward, through my phone. When do I do that? Once a week, twice a week. So you can see, if I have got these five kind of answers, then there's some value there. But if I was coming up against it going, what am I doing? And I was going, I'm doing this, why am I doing it? Mm, I don't really know. Who am I trying to speak to? Mm, don't really know that either. You can see that the, the value is not high enough. Yeah. So you can use these open-ended starters with your clients, with your family, with your friends. And if you do it regularly, the value is either there or it's not. So I'll give me an example. For years, like with YouTube, I've thought, mm, I'm not that great at Instagram. So I remember working with someone called Karen, who's brilliant, and she helped me to improve, but I was still like, mm, not so good. And that bugged me, you know. But Steve Gaston, who runs the Masterclass sessions and created them, went on my Instagram profile and read my description, which was um, growing leaders, training teams, know who you are, where, what, where you belong. And he went, that's brilliant. Just that tagline alone. He didn't even look at my content and he reached out to me and we started a friendship and he's become the sponsor of the podcast. Can you see how amazing that is? So that one person, never mind a thousand followers or however, whatever the number is, that one, that number one, because it stands for one person, Steve, he was more meaningful. It was worth years of posting on Instagram just to connect with Steve, right? Who? It's Steve that I'm focused on now. So there are plenty of people like Steve. And when I get feedback from people, they say, yeah, I love your um, content for these reasons. So that's the first thing. Start with an open-ended question. It could be social media. It doesn't have to be that. It could be something to do with your business. It could be something to do with your money, something to do with your fitness. So let's go into fitness, you know. Who am I? <laughs> what am I? So that's, that's quite a deep one. What am I trying to achieve? Oh, I'm trying to lose a bit of fat or I'm trying to recover from this injury or I'm trying to just build the habit of trying to walk more. Okay, why am I doing that? Well, the fitter I am, the longer I live and I want to stick around for my kids. Okay, that's quite cool. How are you going to do that? Oh, um, I'm going to start by like going like once a week and then do a bit of walking. I'm going to build it up over there. Okay, when are you going to do it? Well, I've put it in my diary. So maybe like Mondays, maybe build up to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Can you see how that works? So therefore, those numbers in the gym, you know, I went for two weeks in a row or I've done this or I've lost somewhere. They're meaningful because you know why you're doing it. So if you don't have the answers to these questions, don't worry about it. It might just be that you got caught up with a vanity metric. So for example, here's another example. A lot of social, social media can be vanity metrics and we have to be careful with that. A lot of the things that we think are actually important to other people aren't important. So that moves me on to the second question. A way to not be self-obsessed and be so obsessed with their own numbers is to ask this question. Does what I'm doing or, or this activity or who I'm trying to be or, or this product or this service, does this have value beyond myself? Is this going to help somebody who is not me? Is it part of corporate social responsibility? They're talking business, CSR. Are you planting trees? Well, that's got value that's going to help the environment. It's going to suck up CO2. It's going to give out oxygen. Amazing. But maybe you're an artist 
and you're creating a piece of art or music. I can see as I'm making this right now, my brother Peter does artwork. I've got about five of his pieces and he doesn't realise, but the art he's making gives me joy in my life. Or I've got all sorts of musicians, you know, songs that you listen to for decades. And the people that create that don't realise that they're making something of value for people that they're never even going to see. So if it has value beyond yourself, I'd suggest it might be a more of a meaningful number than a vanity metric. And if it doesn't have any value beyond yourself, maybe it's something you don't have to do. So again, I'll give you an example. When I post on social media, I learned this in my second year from an amazing lady called Anne Williamson. She said, stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about your own business. <laughs> Focus on your customers. Great advice. So now when I'm about to post a podcast or a video or a blog or a written post or make a comment, I say to myself, has this got value to somebody beyond myself? Is that going to inspire somebody, motivate somebody, educate somebody, etc.? If the answer is no, I don't post it. It's really simple. And what that's enabled me to do is drastically cut down on posting waffle, you know? Because you have to be careful of things like what they call humble bragging, going, well, I've done this, but it's actually to help these people, but it's really for me. So if it's got value beyond yourself, just go for it. If it's really going to help somebody. I know some cynical people that say, well, when you help other people, you're just trying to help yourself for that help is high or, you know, but really, if you've helped somebody else, you've helped somebody else. If you've given money to a cause or you've donated your time, you've helped somebody. Your intentions for doing it can be secondary. You know, you see this from criticism of people that have a lot of money. People say, oh, it's easy for them, they've got loads of money. But the hospitals they've built and the drugs that they've got and the children that they've read to and the, and the blind people they've cured and all these great things, that's what really matters. You ask anybody who works with a charity, they'll tell you, we want your time and your support and we also want your money. Yeah. So does this have value beyond yourself? If the answer is yes, go for it. If not, maybe it's leaning towards just focusing on yourself too much. And I think about this for myself all the time. And then the final question to ask is, what does this number mean to me personally, to me professionally, and to my community? So let's go back to an example to do with health and fitness. Say you are trying to lose a bit of weight. You put it on over a holiday period. What does that mean to me personally? Well, I want to lose a little bit of weight. Why? Well, I know that'll make me fitter, healthier, stronger. I'll feel more confident when I look in the mirror. I'll feel better about myself. Okay, great. Does that have a meaning for you professionally? Yeah, because that energy and feeling good about myself and confident, I'll bring that vibe into my business. And I, I, I'm a manager and I have this team of people and I give off a good vibe. And they've told me so. And they notice a change in myself. Okay, cool. So it's got value professionally. Is it helping your community? Well, yeah, because I've I've actually started eating a bit healthier and I've, and I've been cooking for my kids. And they said, "Oh, Daddy, we like your your meals. Can you cook for us more often?" You think, "Oh, yeah, of course I can." So can you see how this works? If you can layer these things, so use the open-ended questions. You can answer yes to most of them. You know it's got value beyond yourself, and it's helping you personally, professionally, and your community. Go for it, hundred percent. Go for it. I give you finish with a couple of silly examples from my life, which I think are beautiful. I started street dancing. I love it. I love dancing, and I thought I need a bit more joy in my life. So I went through the open-ended starters. You know, who am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing? How am I doing it? I thought, just go to this class on a Monday. Enjoy it. Does this have value beyond myself? Absolutely. Every person I've spoken to about it is really interested. One lady said, oh, "I'm going to join you," and it's inspired some people already. They've told me. And does it matter to you personally? Absolutely, because I'm having fun. And the more fun I have, the more I'm enjoying my life. And I bring that into the energy that I give off professionally. And it's also helping my community because 
I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> I'm just dancing around. And, and actually what I found is things like dance and giving blood and volunteering and all these things, they don't hurt anybody. They're just helping. And I've started to think, okay, can I do more things like that that just make me feel good and add to my energy? So one dance class, yeah, you can see that number one, one time a week, something I'm doing adds so much value for me throughout the rest of my week. And I only have to do it once. Yeah, Think about your life. You've got one life. It's only the number one. You don't have seven, you don't have 500. But that one is everything, isn't it? So please be aware that these numbers are only as meaningful as we make them. Knowing that something can be a vanity metric and that you can let go of it and think, it's not actually that important to me, is a very, very liberating thing. And focusing on your meaningful numbers, the ones for your health and fitness, ones for your business, your work, your family, your community, and knowing those, what that does is it enables us to let go of what can be digital overwhelm and just think, oh, it's all these numbers and I don't know where to start. You know exactly where to start. You know your numbers and the ones that matter to you. Because when all said and done and, you know, our life is over, nobody's going to know about the numbers and the metrics, but they'll know about how we help people and how we help them to feel and the relationships we had. You know? So I hope that's been helpful for you in, in making that shift and making helping you to realise that you have a choice with all these numbers. Don't get overwhelmed by them. Find the ones that are meaningful for you, search for them, create a context for them, make them mean something to you. And if they don't mean anything to you, to your people, to your community, let them go. Don't get overwhelmed with numbers. It's very easy to do. So speak to your teams about this. You can do it as an open-ended question. What are meaningful numbers for us? Marketers are great for this if they're really good. They know the stats that matter and the ones that don't. You could use the three sets of questions or even just use one of them to start to tease out the value and make that shift towards meaningful numbers. And also to understand that you are way, way, way more than just a number. You really are. So that's been helpful for you. Hope you've enjoyed it to make that shift with a very modern problem and it's not going anywhere. And the great thing is with just a bit of thought and self-reflection, a bit of discernment, you can really find a way going forward and just hold close to your heart the numbers that mean something to you and let go of the other ones because they might important to somebody else. So until we speak again, just try something from today. Try it out. Maybe even just knowing those terms and passing them on can create better discussions in your workplace and your life. But even if you don't, at all, just know that you, just as you are right now, and your numbers, somebody loves you, just as you are. Okay, take care, and speak soon.